0: This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Strangers and Aliens, episode 119, The Seven Deadly Sins, Lust. Welcome to
1: the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. (laughs) (laughs) To boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien, or would you be a strange alien? Or would the truth is out there. I am your father's best friend, Bummer.
2: <laughs> Superman, Wonder Woman, <laughs> heroes, villains,
1: Captain Picard versus Captain Kirk. <laughs> Remnant sci fi forgot. The very first thing that God did so is was that He created something, so we have a creative
2: God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast.
0: Hello, welcome to Strangers and Aliens, the reunion episode. I am Ben Avery, and I have been joined by my two co-hosts who I feel like I have not talked to in a while. That would be Steve McDonald.
2: That's me, everybody.
0: And Dr. Jace O'Neill. That is not Steve McDonald. That's correct. And I expect Steve to say something like that, but um <laughs> nice. and, I think it up a little bit. <laughs> and we are here to talk about science fiction and our Christian faith. And in doing so for this episode, we are doing uh, yet another of our Seven Deadly Sins series, which are happening more and more sporadically. But there's only seven, so we'll get yeah. through them eventually, right? Eventually. So today's topic who would like to introduce today's topic? Steve <laughs> McDonald would. <laughs>
2: today we are examining the um, the deadly sin. sin the deadly sin of lust yes yeah and um,
0: we also like to uh, get into the the seven virtues so we're not just doing the the bad one um, and when uh let's see and when I look at the one that goes with lust is is chastity, or abstinence. Is that what you guys find? Is that what you guys would say?
2: Um, I I came up with something slightly different, but you know, chastity is is, is well. I mean, the chastity
0: ch- or abstinence is the actual chastity is the classical opposite. Yeah, but
1: you know, it depends on how you define lust.
0: Well, I, I think it also depending on how you define lust also will determine how you define chastity or like I said, abstinence. Right. Um, but we do need to define lust. I think that's the first thing we need to do. Uh, as our, our usual outline for these episodes are we define the sin. We define the virtue and then we give some examples of the sin and some examples of the virtue from science fiction and fantasy. And then we talk about some of the scriptural teachings and some of the personal applications. And I will of course have a quote from C.S. Lewis. (laughs) So, um, so let's start out by defining it. Then, uh, Dr. Jace, would you care to to start with a definition, and and we'll see if we agree or or sure. want to add to that?
1: Well, again, it comes down to classical definition, and you know, you could go from a biblical perspective of hornea and talking about what that looks like. But the traditional uh, is lust or lechery, which is basically an intense desire. Um, it can often be referred to. Um, as a lust that involves an intense desire for uh, sexuality, money, even food, fame, or power. There's a, a lust It's basically a consuming fire, uh, a consuming desire that can never, that can't be quenched.
0: Yeah, it's interesting you bring up the consuming fire because that's kind of how um, Dante's punishment for lust works. Is um, There's kind of this wind of fire kind of thing from what I remember. Um, that was just kind of constantly like a whirlwind wrapping you up and, and burning away the lusts that you have. Um, Steve, uh, is that how you would define as well?
2: It's a good definition. I won't take anything away from it. What I would add is, um, like coveting is the sin that goes with stealing. Um, lust can also be the, uh, the sin that goes along with um, all forms of, of uh, horrible, terrible things like rape and things like that. So um, I see it sort of as a stepping stone, but still, you know, a bad, a bad stone.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I kind of look at lust as gluttony part one. You know, the, the, the first step toward gluttony is this kind of desire um, and this is mm-hmm. overcoming desire. It's, it's desire that overcomes your reason or your, 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 um, usual regular thought processes, um, where you are just constantly, you know, desiring this thing, wanting this thing and yeah, going beyond, I mean, the sexual, um, angle of things for me is, is the one that you most often think of when you think of lust, but, um, but at the same time, you know, it, it can, it can really go beyond that. And yeah, so I, I I think then we all kind of are on the same page for that. Um, so I, I think we might as well just jump right in. What do you guys say? Let's do it. As far as the definition goes, um, sure. let's let's talk about some examples then, because um, I was <laughs> the I, the first thing that came to my mind when I was thinking about lust.
1: Oh, better not be my first one.
0: I don't know. I, I I don't know because this is not what I thought it would be. Okay. Uh, it was Zeus from Greek mythology.
1: Oh, yeah. No, Just, that was not where I was going.
0: That guy is constantly desiring things, especially desiring things that he shouldn't be desiring. Um, oh, yeah. You know, constantly desiring women who have no power against him, um, who are not his wife. Um, and it causes all kinds of problems for basically the entire universe. Um. Because he and Hera are, are kind of at odds and you know, Hercules is born out of that, but also, you know, there's women, you know, who were turned into trees and he would, you know, chase them around the world until they just you know, couldn't couldn't run anymore or whatever. And and so he's he's destroying people's lives with his desire and he's destroying his own life with his desire. And he just doesn't have anyone or anything really keeping him in check. Um, and so if you want an example of, of lust just, you know, to the extreme, uh, Zeus was the first one I thought of, and I was surprised uh, that that was the first one I thought of. I thought it was going to be more... The first thing I think would be really something sci-fi, you know, or whatever.
1: Well, right. I, 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 it was very the very first, which actually, this first one uh, actually led to several others, because there, there's almost almost an example in every incarnation. But the very first thought I, when we're talking about this was captain Kirk.
0: Um, ah, I, you know what? He didn't even cross my mind. That's really, really yeah. interesting.
1: <laughs> I mean, he, he is the epitome of womanizer. And uh, I mean, if it's a female, it doesn't matter. You know, they're, they're green. They have five heads. You know, he's, he's there. And so that led me to think that almost every incarnation you have a, that type of character. Like in Next Generation, it was Riker. Riker was the, the womanizer. Uh, in In Voyager, it was Paris. In um, Deep Space Nine, um, it was this takes a slightly different incarnation in Quark, the lust for for profit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, um,
1: and so it's almost every single Star Trek incarnation there was that
0: uh, you know, the lustful character, so to speak. Um, yeah, and, and of course we're talking about that with, with Kirk and with Zeus and, you know, the, it's the lust for sex that we're talking about. And um, I, I kind of look at this as something that separates us from animals is the ability to fight against that just pure physical desire and, and to be able to say no and not just, you know, be like Zeus.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just to go with the basis, you know, Oh, I feel this. I have this impulse. So I'm going to act on it. You you actually have a will. You actually have the ability to say no and, and to make decisions. And so, um, yeah, you're right. We're
0: not just mindless animals. So, uh, Steve, who, who was first on your mind when we, we we brought this up?
2: Well, interestingly, it's a movie that I never saw.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> but
2: it was it was because of this because everything that I saw about it um, led me to believe that you know it, this would be a great movie if you enjoyed lusting <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> because because of the story. It's species, which is oh. uh, um. Uh, early nineties um, you know an alien comes down and and she's uh she basically needs to uh, procreate to to destroy our you know to to, to destroy our species and, and and it's it's played as though she's this beautiful woman and she's you know alluring you know alluring these these men to to uh to their deaths and things like that and it, there's just so much it, I was just researching it I didn't actually watch the movie, but I was researching it, and there was so much um, gratuitous scenes, so many gratuitous scenes in it that I was like, you know, this is it's it, it's ridiculous when you have to go to that, those lengths to make a movie that you know is it, supposedly uh, a, you know a serious movie. It, it went on to, to have you know sequels and uh, a, a TV series or something, so you know it it was popular. Yeah. Probably because of that. <laughs>
0: well, no, but, uh, uh, Steve. Exactly because of that. I, I did not <laughs> see species. Um, but I had a buddy who did, and he and his friend were not into science fiction at all for any reason, but they went and saw that movie because of what they were gonna see. And what they were gonna see was skin and lots of it. Yeah. Is this um, an old movie or a new movie? This is probably around ninety three. 94? 95? It? Oh, so it's
1: not the new one. There was another one I thought you guys... Oh, that one was Splice. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. but uh,
0: No, I, uh, well, they might have common plot threads, but I, I, they're, they're I not no related idea. as far as franchise goes or anything like that. Um, the other thing I remember was... you remember that show She Spies? I don't uh, remember it was N- Natasha Hendrich Henderson Hendrich. I can't remember what her last name is, but she was in She Spies. And I remember vividly, this is my other species memory, is she was one of the three main spies on that show. And they were trying to get into a house, but there were three um, adolescent boys, three, you know, 12, 13 year old boys nearby that they needed to get rid of before they could, like, break into the house. And so she turns around, Natasha Hendrickson turns around and says to the boys, Hey, guys, uh, Species Marathon on HBO. And then they show the boys running away in fast motion, you know, to go and, and watch, watch that. And so right. it's a big joke, you know, because, you know, what boys like to look at. <laughs> and yeah. so, um, and I was just kind of put off by that. It was just, okay, <laughs> really? That's, that's, okay, that's what you're doing. And on one hand, they're making fun of her because she was in that movie. Yeah. Um, you know, saying the line, um, uh, but, uh, uh, and I kind of like it when they do that. You know, I don't remember if you remember, uh, um, uh, Matt about you, they did an episode where Paul Reiser's friend is like, it's like it's just something growing inside and you just want it. And then you can't help it. It just bursts out of your chest, you know, like in that movie, you know, that movie and Paul Reiser says, what? Uh, I never saw it. You know, I, I like those kind of jokes, but this one, you know, it was the joke was, Hey, we're going to tell, you know, three 13-year-old boys to go look at porn. Yeah. and ha <laughs> yeah. Very funny. So, um... Which actually goes,
1: is a perfect... I'm It actually transitioned into one of the other ones I had.
0: Yeah, go for it. It, it. It, dealt,
1: it dealt specifically with that. And it's two characters that in general, I'm interested in their characters. However, this is the one part of it that always really bugged me, is because it was as if they're trying to promote pornography as normal uh, or the right thing to do. And that is Mulder from X-Files and mm-hmm. Dean Winchester from Supernatural. And both of them, it's kind of like this. Oh, and it was um, um, David Duchovny's idea to add that element to his character, which is I interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. And later on, it's interesting because he actually went into, from from my understanding, he actually went into rehab because of sexual addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously it was it's something that and from a counseling perspective, it's one of the leading issues with marriages and actually um, sexual dysfunction later on in life as well.
0: Yeah, I in doing research for this, I was listening to another podcast where they were kind of talking about just the the, the physicality of lust. And they mentioned that there are 2.5 million porn websites on the internet. Yeah. 2.5 million. Which is interesting since um,
1: America has – I don't remember the exact statistic. But it was something astronomical like uh, – I think like 70 to 80 percent of the porn websites come from America.
0: Yeah. I I, I would not be surprised by that at all. But um, I I think – Okay, so let's. I don't want this whole episode to just be us, you know, talking about porn. Porn's bad, you know, because I think <laughs> people who listen to this podcast kind of would get that we're going to come down on that side of the of the argument. So let's kind of get this the uh, the porn discussion out of the way here, um, and and kind of not to sweep it under the rug, but to just kind of address it and 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 kind of give that take because, like, what you were saying, Doctor Jace, you do counseling. Yeah, and I have you know, I I worked at a Christian college, and I, I I'm not going to name names or anything here, but um, you want to talk about lust being the desire that overcomes reason, um, you know, there were people, uh, or there's one person in particular that I can think of, who you know he was caught because he was looking at pornography on a uh, Christian college internet server. And, and, you know, it's, it's the kind of thing where, why would you even think that you could do that? Uh, you know, they, they have filters and they have these things, you know, that you can try and get around, but you know, if you get caught, that's just, but he's not thinking straight. He's thinking, Mm -hmm. I want to look at this because it's, it's there. So, um,
1: yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say we actually just did a sermon series on finding love and we dealt with um, some of these issues about what, what we think it is and um, with what I, what people are surprising with because the church often talks about this kind of stuff in context of men. The problem is, is that this is not just a male issue. Mm-hmm. One in three people who visit a, a pornography website are women now. And one of the issues that we are we're seeing a lot more of is that It makes when churches don't really talk about that much, but when they do, it makes women feel so much worse because there are a lot of women struggling with very similar things, but it's always projected a lot of times as the male thing. And so that makes them even feel worse. That are like, this is not normal for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, The problem is, is 25% of women naturally are wired to be visual like men are. Then if you add actual being exposed to it, more women are actually um, struggling with it as well. So, this is a a large issue. And the problem is is that if America doesn't, if it keeps on its trend, we become more and more like Europe. Like, I I was in Europe in 1999. All right. And in 1999, I don't know what it is like now, but in 1999, the commercials were porn. I'm not talking about like on on regular, I'm not talking about, you know, on cable channels. I'm talking about on regular channels that the commercials were porn, like flat out, full frontal.
0: Wow. You couldn't even watch television. Yeah. Well, and I, I had friends who were missionaries in, like, Brazil. In, yes. And this is – we're talking now in even the late 80s. And they they said, you know, just regular primetime television. You know, you had to be careful because you didn't know um, if all of a sudden that that soap opera was going to turn into something more than right. just, you know, that emotional – Porn, as some, some would call a soap opera, but turn into like actual, <laughs> you know, porn porn. Right. So, um, yeah, it, it is destructive, though, and that's that's the thing that you know it, that I think people don't quite realize is just how prevalent it is, and how it's becoming more and more prevalent you, and easier to know, get to.
1: Do you know who I think of when you actually think of the destruction? If you were to if you were to put lust. And make it, you know, how we would see it spiritually and what it would actually look like. I actually have a, phys- a character in mind that I think if we could actually see lust in the in the physical realm, do you, do you guys have any guesses what, what what I think it would look like?
0: Uh, well, I know what I, I think of, but go ahead and say yours and, because I don't want to take it away from you if, if yeah. we have the same. You'd, you'd probably attribute this same character to something else, which that would be accurate, but I think of, if
1: we could look at Sin... Or and and make it see in spiritual eyes, it looks something like Jabba the Hutt.
0: Yep, that's who I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and not uh, just because of what he looks like, but but because of what he does. You know, yeah. we talked about him as a glutton. You know, mm-hmm. and definitely there's that aspect of things. But first of all, he subjugates Princess Leia, and puts her in that outfit. And then second of all, he just he's he just looks like someone who's all about the physical. Yeah. And just all about desire. What I want, I will have. It does not matter. Right. Yeah. And and you know what? Maybe in some ways that's what was his downfall. He was he couldn't recognize, you know, when I think Jabba well, could was. have all the sins though. Yeah.
2: He, he <laughs> but um,
0: because of pride, you know, he was he his pride just kind of said, you know, I, I'm above you, Jedi, kind of thing. But um, he just didn't recognize when these things were trying to be taken away from him that they could be. Jabba and the Hut
1: a good object lesson because it was the the female that he subjugated in the bikini who killed him. So your sin leads to death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ah, there we go. Yeah, yeah.
0: Fun. I think maybe there's something more to Jabba the Hut than than we give George Lucas credit for. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe it's it was the
1: What p- <laughs> What'd you say, Jace? Yeah, it, or maybe it was was it Jim? Who did the the Muppetry? The, the, the oh,
0: puppetry? for for Jabba the Hutt it was it was a team of people. I don't think Henson was involved with that. It was Frank Oz who did Yoda. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah I did that.
0: Of, but, um, all right, well, um, so, so I mean, yeah, obviously we talk about lust. We're gonna we're thinking there's there's gonna be pornography is is a big thing, uh, yeah. and and so yeah, you get into something like species, or you get into some of these. There are sci-fi movies that they just do trade in on those those physical things and and bringing out, you know, having the women of the sci-fi movie in skimpy outfits. In fact, Star Trek. I mean, let's let's just face it in, in the 60s in Star Trek.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. M- women characters, even the strong ones, you know, th- officers on the bridge were in mini miniskir- mini skirts. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So. Well,
1: and, they, and they built it into the characters like it was actually a part of the Vulcan culture the Ponfar you know that's true the repression of, Wait, of that so you, whenever you have uh, a Vulcan character so you have Spock Tuvok and um, um, uh, I know there's another one in there somewhere I can't remember off the top of my head but they all go through the Ponfar and it's built in there
0: yeah well and that's that's the repression of of the physical desires and and to the point uh, to of fall to fall i could I yeah, fall. Yeah. I, yeah yeah um but yeah you're you're right about that so um okay so steve you have another another case study
2: for us um i would say uh something that oddly you know it was uh, about 30 years ago that it came out but um, it just—it sort of predicted this with the whole computers and you know the the, the perfect woman type of a, a scenario is weird science, <laughs> you know. And yeah, well, I mean it's it's a big <laughs> joke. It's it's real funny. These two you know geeky teenagers what a stupid and, movie, <laughs> and they <laughs> they create this woman on their computer, and through you know weird science, she becomes real. So it's like. What else would you create a woman for? You know, it's not like they were trying to recreate their mom, you know, who passed away, or you know, their sister, or something like that. No, they create, you know, a bombshell. So, um,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, didn't they even use like a Barbie doll body as part of the, the so, matrix yeah. that they put in there?
2: Yeah,
0: and yeah. <laughs> I'd forgotten about that movie, uh, and actually, <laughs> probably after tonight, I'm going to forget about it again. Um, <laughs> it's just, I didn't, I didn't see it until I was an adult, and so when I finally saw it, I'm like, this is the movie everyone was talking about in junior yeah. high. Yeah. <laughs> mm, okay. Well, maybe in junior high, I would have enjoyed it more. Um, <laughs> okay. So, do you want the serious one that I have here, or do you want the goofy one that I have here?
1: Goofy,
0: no. let's go goofy then okay let's do goofy. now goofy I have two there's there's a couple prongs to my my fork here that i'm I'm using um but it kind of gets into advertising all right so on one hand, you have the Trix Bunny and Barney rubble just <laughs> desiring cereal and doing whatever they could to get that cereal you know, and for the tricks Bunny, usually something terrible would end up happening to them and um but you had other cereal commercials like this as well. You had a uh, um, Cookie Crisp, yeah. and Cookie Crisp had that robber who was yeah. constantly mm-hmm. trying to get the. You're making the cereal. me hungry now. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Same with Captain Crunch with Jean Lafitte.
0: Tricks. Yeah. tricks the rabbit. Yeah, and 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 so Cocoa you've got for
2: Cocoa Puffs.
0: Yeah, although were they trying? No, with 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 that one, it was almost like they were trying to protect him against his addiction. <laughs> you know. Yeah. He was in ha- rehab because <laughs> he would eat that cereal and just go on this crazy drug trip where he's like bouncing (laughs) off the walls and seeing strange colors and shapes and stuff. That's basically (laughs) what happened to the
1: kids when they ate that cereal.
0: (laughs) That's also true. Unless it was Saturday morning and then we would sit still and watch cartoons. Yeah, uh, Lucky Charms, the kids would chase Lucky. That's That's right, right. yeah. Lucky Charms, it's the kids, they, you know, and, uh, yeah. And then there's Barney Rubble. And, And with Barney Rubble and Fred Flintstone with, uh, Uh, the Pebbles cereal, Fred would not let it go and Barney would not stop seeking it. They both were just, you know, a little, a little too much a desire for the cereal. On the other hand, you have Hostess Cakes advertisements and comic books in the Mm. 70s and 80s. (laughs) And here is where, again, desire overcomes reason. Spider-Man sees a villain who is just about to destroy a baseball game or something. And so what does Spider-Man do? He just throws a couple Twinkies right in front of the guy and the guy can't help himself. He stops controlling his giant robot. He turns, he eats the Twinkies, and Spider-Man gets him in the webs. And it's, the, it's that story. One page long. You're I starting can't, to make me hungry. I know, I know. I can't believe how many times, you know, they were able to kind of rewrite that story. But... Totally, the villain just cannot help themselves. They the desire overcomes reason, and they get captured every time because of their "quote unquote" lust for hostess cakes. So, so there we have you know kind of some goofy examples, but they do kind of highlight what we're talking about here. So, um, any other any other examples that you guys have of of a lust, and maybe not necessarily, I mean, lust for other things as well. We could kind of get into.
1: Yeah, I have a couple. Um. First of all, this just highlights uh, two of them kind of go together. Is Battlestar Galactica? There's always you know the newer version. There's always something in there, um, you know. And then also the Matrix Two. Was it the Matrix Two? Was it the second one where they had that like very ritualistic rock party in the middle the rave? Of the yeah, 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 yeah. That one. That, it was completely unneeded and really creepy.
0: Where their sweat turns, you know, they're, they're they're all dancing and sweating so much that it's like rain turning the dust into mud. All of a sudden, I'm, their I'm going. Feet.
1: All of a sudden, I went from, "Oh, it's the last of humanity. We're, we're fighting back." To this, is Sodom, Gomorrah, Gorm- they're getting judged. You know, totally. it, it, it basically switched how you view the people. I mean, it was
0: just weird. Well, it was it was the big speech, you, you know that the big speech. Like we had we did that episode about the big speeches, you know the, the call to action, and then yeah, it turned into that rave where it's like we're gonna die tomorrow, so eat, drink, and be merry. <laughs> and it, for me, and, and it sounds like the same thing for you, Doctor Jace. I'm watching, and all of a sudden I'm like, what what movie am I watching? What what kind of movie did I just get into here? Yeah,
1: it's like. I mean, it's like they forgot how to write. I because mean, when you, people do that, you don't empathize for them. It's kind of like the reason why in in the classic horror movies, the ones who die are the ones that end up partying or end up sleeping. You know, the old you know the old rules that if you, um, it, it's the virgins that are always saved. It's the mm-hmm. it's the sleaze bags or the promiscuous ones that get killed. Yeah, so I'm sitting there going, like, I'm sitting
0: there going, um, yeah, you probably are not going to die now. Uh, yeah, well, going to the horror movies, that's another good example where you have the, the monster or the stalker or the serial killer is, you know, the kind of divine retribution. And if not divine retribution, then kind of the force of retribution. Like a, mor-
1: like a morality tale. Yeah, yeah. I mean, tale.
0: and it's interesting because they do purposely put in, you know, sex scenes at the beginning of the movie. Um. But then those characters who do that act are judged, you know, and killed. And and so in the meantime, the the viewers, usually, you know, the teenager type of viewers who are, they're marketing it to, it's like, you know, here we're, we're, uh, we're showing you what you want to see, but then we're also punishing these characters for that same desire that we're actually showing you, that we're actually playing on.
1: You see that a lot in um, these murder mystery TV shows, you know, the cop dramas or whatever, where you see this one person. You only see them in a couple scenes in the beginning of the show where they're the jerk. They're the arrogant ones. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that no one likes. And then they're, they're the ones that winds up dead. It happens all the time. Like, you know. <laughs> yep. If you watch a murder she wrote, you can pretty much guarantee the
0: jerk is the one that's dying. <laughs>
2: Thanks for ruining it out. for me. Yeah,
0: spoiler. No, yeah. It was on for twelve Man. years. That <laughs> twelve <laughs> years, thirty years ago.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, it's um, you know,
0: yeah. Well, and the and the other people who die uh, early on in those movies is you know the druggie, or the the one who gets who brings the alcohol to the party and gets yeah. drunk and that kind of thing. Um, uh, the,
1: the other example I had for Lust uh, which If you look at Lord of the Rings There's two really good examples Pretty much Gollum obviously is the classic Example of You know my precious But also I'd say Boromir is a good example Of someone who is struggling with that desire
0: mm-hmm, Yeah yeah That's so, good I, I, You know what Lord of the Rings didn't even make my list My list isn't very Long here but I should have had the ring on there why is Gollum not on my list?
1: I figured he'd be like
0: one of the home run. Yeah, well, you're right. <laughs> I whiffed that one. Strike three, I'm out.
2: Well, with so. Gollum, I, I see it more as a, as a greed issue. But yeah, you're, you're dead on with Boromir.
0: Um, okay, well, one of mine... Um. And I'm going to bring up this movie. I'm going to say this. I do not remember... Uh, what objectionable content might be it for the scene of this movie. I just remember this movie, but Excalibur, the beginning of Excalibur where Uther Pendragon, uh, Arthur's father is so taken with this woman who's in the fortress where they're trying to, to get into it. And he basically he'll do whatever he can to get her and convinces Merlin to cast a spell, and he's able to go in, and he he ends up raping this woman. Um, but again, it's that desire overcoming and taking over reason, and that that I'm kind of the way I'm kind of defining lust um, is you know he just he was so overtaken by his sin, his yeah. sinful thoughts, and and when I say desire overcoming reason, maybe I should even expand that a little bit to say you know desire for sin. Because it's, it's not just, well, no, I think that the desire becomes a sin when it's able to take over your reason to the point where, you know, you're, it's some sort of addiction or or what. Well, I don't want to go so far just, as to say
2: yeah.
0: the addiction itself is a sin, but,
2: but just the things leading to the, to
0: the addiction. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, Excalibur is rife with that. You have uh, Arthur, you know, with his half-sister you know, siring a son. And then, uh, you have, you know, Lancelot, the whole, you know, Lancelot and Guinevere thing. That's all the way through it. And and
0: then in the Arthurian legend, you know, you have, you have to have almost every version of the legend until they start trying to strip away some of the spirituality has the pure knight in Gawain, is it? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, who's the pure knight, who's the one, yeah, maybe it is Percival, but it, who's the one who can take the cup, or who's the one who can find it, um, you know, who can save Britain? You know, it, it's right. all of these sinful things bringing bringing Britain down. But then you have this pure character, this chaste character who abstains from the lust. And, right. Um, that kind of takes us into the the next step here. But um, uh, Steve, Dr. Jace, you have any more you want to share? I've got, i just, just just a couple more that I wanted to, to share. No, but, I pretty much went
2: through my list. Okay, um, well, I have, I have one which it's, you know, we we talk about this movie all the time, the uh, the Forbidden Planet, and uh, you know, mm-hmm. a lot yeah, of people yeah. remember remember, you know, it's 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 the monsters from the id, it's it's the id, and uh, you know, it, 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 at one point in the movie, they're they're just. You know, they they at their end they're they're trying to figure out what's going on, and uh, you know the Morbius says you know that it is it, it's an it's obsolete it's an obsolete term it used to uh, uh, describe the the subconscious mind, and um, and he he says you know he's he's flummoxed because he doesn't understand what's going on with himself either because you know it's it's his subconscious mind that mm-hmm. that's that's you know basically resurrecting this thing, and uh, the commander says you know but like you, they forgot one deadly danger, their own subconscious hate and lust for destruction, and it's that you know that that twist there, and morbius still can't still can't fathom it you know it, it, it it's it proves to be his downfall, you know but he's it's that that subconscious hate and subconscious lust for destruction that so many people even you know nowadays and, and all throughout history have 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 been vict- have fallen victim to you know they, and it's their own their own doing
0: yeah and steve we talk about it a lot because it's worth talking about yeah. and that's one of those movies you know pre 1960 that i would say every science fiction fan should try and watch it. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and just so you can see it on one hand, but also to experience it and to enjoy it. I mean, it's enjoyable even now to me. Yeah. Um, uh, Here's another one that we bring up all the time though, Steve, and that's Frankenstein. Um, I look at Dr. Victor Frankenstein's lust for knowledge. Right. Um, that overcomes and and he's willing to do whatever doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't matter that it's morally dubious, (laughs) (laughs) So. <laughs> and then the other I, I, one, oh go ahead I actually just remembered one that
1: actually made me made it was very creepy I don't know if it was creepy when I first saw it but it, it <laughs> not, when I saw it I think I saw it like last year and that's the movie Big
0: y- yeah that is that was creepy to me even when I was little <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. you know where
1: where he's he's a child in a man's body she actually he's like what 12 years old she knows this she, she wait wait room.
0: wait I don't remember her knowing it yeah I believe she she oh, oh does she? okay maybe that's why I remember being so creeped out by it because maybe I think she did I think that's the reason why I was creeped out by it I
2: think maybe, it might be
0: before she knew it I don't know go ahead keep going
1: <laughs> no we will change things then but only um, slightly. Yeah, it's still it, it creepy. He would, would just amp <laughs> up the creepy level. Anyways, so yeah, big because you know she, she, she dances with the with the twelve year old in a yeah, yeah, pretty who's Tom Hanks.
0: Yeah, yeah, he he's big now. <laughs> he's twelve, and, yes. but he's in that adult body. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That movie bothered me because <laughs> it's also funny and goofy, and then you are like, wait a minute. What's happening here? Yeah. Um, okay. So I also had um, Lex Luthor, uh, who he just, the lust for power and yeah. So I think that's kind of the end there. Um, as far as examples of virtue, like I said, the knight from, from the Arthur tales, but do you guys have any other examples of, of the virtue of, of, I say abstinence or chastity being, you know, abstaining from the desire, you know, from this overcoming desire.
1: Yeah, abstaining. Yeah, I'll I tell you, it's a lot more difficult to, to think of examples for, for this. Uh, um, I. How about
0: this? Um, Batman.
1: I was uh, going to say Batman, too, but I'd like to hear your reasons for it.
0: Well, my reason for it is just, um, you know, when I say Batman, I'm actually thinking of 1966 Batman, who is, you know, just any kind of temptation that comes his way at all, you know, he's just, he will abstain. You know, he is not going to, you know, allow the woman to tempt him. Right. All, you know, it, she might kiss him, but, but see,
1: I, I was going to say Batman for a different reason, okay. not necessarily in a sexual sense, but in the sense that his desire is not for fame or f- financial or anything, but to bring justice when he could have tons of fame as Batman, he wants it, he keeps it secret. He doesn't need the accolades for all this stuff. He's okay with being seen as the stupid playboy. Uh, mm-hmm. He doesn't need to get the accolades. But actually, for the same reason, you were going to go with the 1960s Batman, I would have went with um, Superman or Clark Kent for or uh, up until Superman returns.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> well, I guess <laughs> the original. So,
0: yeah, Superman two. You know, it's not yeah, well. Wait, Superman two he was not reasoning very well. There's a lot of problems that he caused because he decided to lose his powers for her. That's yeah. Um, well there's a,
1: you can, it depends on how you, how you look at that. But Superman in general, like the comic books is usually the do gooder, the boy scout Clark Kent. Otherwise I would go with the Kents in general, just the, the, um, but but yeah superman returns we pretty much know what happened with that uh, yeah
0: unfortunately
2: yes. <laughs> uh
0: but then man of steel you have that example of zod and and kind of that uh, almost temptation for for kal-el to you know you could rule you could have it all and he's you know choosing not to and then he says hey i'm i'm from kansas you don't gotta worry about me, guys. I'm <laughs> I'm basically a god walking around here. But I'm I grew up in Kansas, so obviously I'm not a problem to you. Although we'll find out how much of a problem he is for Batman. <laughs> so
1: um, um, another one I I actually had was um, did, did you
0: have one Steve? You haven't given one yet
2: for chastity.
0: Well, for the yeah, yeah. for the virtue, the opposite.
2: I would, I, I sort of go to agape as the, the virtue for lust because, with lust, it's it's, you know, and it's a taking, it's a desire, to to take, and with agape, it's that, that full assent to give, you know, it's that giving love that just it doesn't demand anything in return, the same way lust. Doesn't want to give anything in return. It just wants to take hundred percent. So I, I, sort of, you know, flip, so you it, an and, that f- from, flip it that We have an example of that from from uh, the sci-fi
0: fantasy realm that we're in here.
2: Yeah, let me see. Well, um, I don't know how far you guys are through them now, but the the Harry Potter basically the main theme uh, goes to agape, um, and uh, uh, you know, it's just a, it's it's just a wonderful way that uh, JK Rowling uh has woven in that that Christian mindset throughout the books and throughout the uh the stories um you know Harry is is always uh almost always uh you know just being that 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 giving that self-sacrificing that you know all the time and sometimes he knows he's going to die or To his best, to the best of his knowledge, he's going to die if he does this thing, and he knows he has to do it, so he does it. You know, so it's it's just this, you know, these little wonderful twists she puts in to to you know to bring that character to its his ultimate fruition, and um, but you know even stuff like uh, um, like the original Godzilla, where the um you know the doctor, uh. You know, uses the uh, the the stuff to kill Godzilla, but he he's he's fearful that he, it's it's going to be weaponized. You know, mm-hmm. and um, so he destroys all his notes and he even allows himself to be killed to to let it go. You know, so like these, it's sort of like a noble death. You know, it's it's that it's I am going to give up everything, and it's it's the other side of agape you know the one side is i will give up anything for the for this for this person i will give everything for this this character or whatever and the the noble death is sort of the you know the the showing of it you know here it is this person is is giving up his entire life to i mean and literally he's dying to to preserve you know the the what he what he sees as, as the higher you know the higher moral ideal. Um, yeah, and there's, a, there's
0: actually a lot more we could say about that movie um, and that character and that scene specifically. Um, he you know he's giving up his life because well, we're not I don't want to say it. Uh, you 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 hit that that sweet spot for me Steve and you've got me wanting to talk about it now. Well, yeah, so
1: I, I'd <laughs> say for a for, yeah. for a for a similar course in a similar vein is Arwen from Lord of the Rings. She's mm-hmm. given up immortality to to love Aragorn, yeah. and um, you know she's sacrificing. But I have another one which I can't remember the, the later series, but I know early on, War from Star Trek. He he did not want to, there was a woman, another Klingon, and he didn't want to go and have a sexual relationship until they were married. He had a very strong sense of honor. Mm-hmm. And so I think that kind of went the way of the Dodo when him and Deanna and Troy got together. But, um, but initially he had this very strong sense of honor to do the right thing. and uh, The
0: opposite of Kirk. actually yeah
2: (laughs) anti-Kirk
0: um okay so let's let's step into the the kind of the fourth area here um we defined it we've talked about examples of lust and um the virtue from sci-fi and fantasy let's talk about some of the scriptural teachings and some of the um the just uh practical I guess um uh, ideals and ideas about about lust and and I, you know what I, I could decide I'm just going to go first because I'm talking right now. But I'm going to go ahead and turn it over, even though you're probably going to take mine. So, <laughs> Doctor Jace, uh, why don't you start? What do you want me to do? I want you to start with some scriptural application, man. Oh, okay. Because well, I'm, I'm, I'm turning it over to you, so you can go ahead and and be first and and take mine.
1: Okay. Well, I don't know what what, what yours is, but Matthew 5:28. So, there you go. Okay. <laughs> I say to you that uh, everyone who even looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And I think the intent here is that before, you know, don't, don't just assume it's an action as actual, sure you make a decision early on. Uh, people say, um, an example, I talk with young, young people all the time, they have this problem, they go, well, is it wrong to notice that someone's attractive? Well, no. I mean, if someone's attractive, they walk into your line of sight you can't control they've walked into your line of sight however you do have control over how long you look and you do have control of if you look again and And, you
0: also have control over what you actually think when you look yes exactly
1: but you know when you're talking with college students they're trying to figure out what is the you know some of them are so trying to justify even the smallest behavior and some of them if they even think, oh my gosh, someone's attractive, they think that they've just created you know, mm-hmm. the worst sin possible. So I think that you know as you were saying earlier, Ben, that um, it's really important that people understand this is one of the things that separates us. We are not just animals. We are not just uh, going off of these instincts and just going off of every impulse that come If we went through every if we if we responded to every impulse we ever had, we'd have a lot more people in prison, We'd have a lot more people. Um, in a lot of other situations. We'd have, sure. yeah.
2: yeah.
1: yeah. we have a lot more people. Yeah. Yeah, we'd have a lot more people. Or maybe would not. Be, Steve would definitely be in prison.
0: <laughs> I'd be dead. His murderous yeah. rages that he <laughs> holds in check. Um, yeah, my shop teacher, I've brought him up before, Mr. Whiteford, but he always used to say, you can't help that first glance, but you can help the long gaze. Yeah. And. It really goes along with that. Matthew 28. See, I knew it. I, I knew it was going to be uh, one of you was going to say it. And I, that's why I, I gave it to you. You know, I'm, I'm not I'm not I'm, I'm not bitter. I'm not angry.
2: Well, for me, it was First uh, John two sixteen. OK, which is a King James version because I, I, I do like the King James. But uh, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the father but is of the world. And it's just, you know, that the, the lust, the flesh, the eyes, the pride of life. You know, there's a, a Christian band called the 77s, and they have a song called The Lust, the Flesh, the Eyes, and the Pride of Life. And it, it just follows it up with, uh, it drains the life right out of me. You know, it's like just that that wanting this idealized version of what you think is life. What you think is going to make your life better is draining the life out of you. You know, it's just, it's, it's scary, you know?
0: Okay. So my second go-to is Job 31.1. And we've all heard it before. I made a covenant with my eyes mm-hmm. not to look lustfully at a young woman. Now what he's doing, it, it kind of gets taken a little bit out of context um, you know, Job is kind of talking about you know I haven't done bad things. You know, I have I'm not a bad person. I trust in God. I love God. I you know take care of my fellow man. You know, in that whole chapter, he's talking about you know if my heart was enticed by a woman, um, you know then uh, then I would be I would be weak, wicked. But I haven't let that happen. And if I desi- deny justice to my servants, I I would be a bad person, but I haven't done that. I I made a covenant with my eyes. And, um, but on the other hand, you know, even taken out of context and not understanding what he's talking about there, the principle is the same. This is someone Job who has made a choice. He is purposefully choosing like, you know, like I said before, you know, we can choose to say these desires I have, I'm going to work against it. I'm going to pray against it. I'm going to, bring it to God and talk to God. Um, I am a human being, which means I don't have to just, you know, when the cats are in heat, the cats are in heat and that they do what they're going to do. Humans aren't like that or shouldn't right. be, um, or can not be like that if they choose to be. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I, of course I go to Job quickly because I, I just, you know, that book just came out. Plug. Shameless pog. <laughs> the job graphic novel now available on (laughs) amazon.com um get your copy now get it now only seven dollars and 19 cents i believe 64 page graphic uh but but i go to joe because i love that story and the reason i got to do that graphic novel was because this is that's a story i wanted to do you know about a good man but what does that mean that he was quote-unquote good and And what is, you know, what, what is the things he goes through with his friends? But, um, yeah. Okay. So then let's, let's talk practical applications then about lust. What do we do about lust? Dr. Jace, if, if you are counseling me, counseling me, not consoling me, but counseling me, uh, about lust, what are you going to suggest to me? What do you say? Jesus this. says
1: that if your your right hand or your good eye causes you to sin cut them off so cut your hand off cut your eye out no um, <laughs>
0: that, you know what though dr Jace I mean that's a struggle that's something that new Christians and that you know people who are maturing they look at that verse and like what in the world what well, why uh, the,
1: the point uh the point is is that it's such a, it's it's the point is is it's such a stressing important issue it's not a small thing. It's an important thing that if there's something that's causing you to sin, get rid of it. He was making uh, a statement that is, that is, this is a big deal. It's not a small deal. This is a big deal. So I think a few things uh, I would say, depending on the person, if the person is saying, look, I'm struggling. I want to work on this. That's different than the person who says, "Um, you know, I'm going to do what I want to do.
0: It's not Um, a problem. Yeah.
1: I I think for, for the person who, who struggles with it, I think the first thing you have to do is tell someone. The fact that they've already told me they have an issue—that is a huge step. The next thing is to help bring about some accountability. Helping people, obviously, uh, uh, you know, you, you pray and you do all these different things, but you also need—if uh, it's someone who's struggling with an addiction—because you can say all you want, but people who struggle with addiction, it's very, very difficult for them. So it's get a, a good people around them. There are now programs that are out there, that, uh, even within churches, that are very helpful with that sort of thing. Um, and that's where you start because uh, I don't think you can have integrity without accountability. You have to have someone that you can talk to, to that can help you. What I call asking the tough questions.
0: Steve, there's also a, oh, there's, go ahead. Well,
1: there's a, I'll also say. There's also software now that you can get to where um, you can set it up to where you, it sends a review of the websites you've gone to to uh, someone that you trust. Now it doesn't it doesn't give you, you know, like login names or anything, but if you're sitting there going through, you know, xxx something or other, then it will let them know <laughs> and so they can actually call you, "Hey, I, I noticed you know last week you went to a couple sites I want to see how you're doing so well, it helps bring accountability
0: one of them is actually called covenant eyes hmm. or yeah I think I think it is covenant eyes and that you know obviously coming from the verse uh, job 31 one yeah um, so Steve what 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 thoughts do you have here about just kind of the practical application and, and, and the the living it out part of, of this episode of this topic
2: well, I would say if chastity is the, the, the virtue, then the, the way to accomplish that I think would be through the agape, which I've, I've sort of, you know, put forth as my, my answer to it. Um, and, uh, the surrounding verses to, uh, to the one that I gave, um, about the lust the flesh, the eyes and the pride of life. First John two, um, give some just applications for it. Just, you know, it says, uh. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. And then uh, that was uh, part of 15. And then part, seven, and part of 17 says, uh, He that doeth the will of God abideth forever. So don't love the world. Here's something not to do, and here's something to do. You know, Don't love the world. Do the will of God. And uh, if you can put that in, in perspective... And put you know the entire world that we <laughs> that we know into the perspective of uh, you know it's there's a lot of sinful stuff going on, um, then you can you can you know the, the, God can help you overcome that. Um, if you're going to to continue on and you know lifestyles of sin and and flirt with it and uh, you know think that it's not going to affect you, then you're going to be in trouble.
1: And I also think there's some practical things to do first of all um, you know you look at some of the biggest areas where people struggle like for instance people like to go to the gym well if you go to the gym and you can't help looking at the beaut- the pretty people um, don't don't wear your glasses or contacts or work out at home if
2: you got
0: to. <laughs> yeah uh, I, you know I don't you, wear glasses or contacts I'd never thought of that actually being a help that is awesome yeah you, you, <laughs> yeah. you,
1: you sit there and go. <laughs> um, if, you, if you have, with the internet's the issue, then make sure that you always have your computer on in a public place or something. Or you have, if you have an office, keep your windows open because you're less likely. Uh, these are just practical things that you can do to help um, prevent that initial temptation. Because if you're sitting there and um, you're, you're at a coffee shop with your computer, you're less likely to be on something versus if you're just in your home in the closet somewhere.
0: <laughs> it's true what happens in the closet yeah, well, usually think, th- is not going to be something you'd do in, in Starbucks
2: so, I think coming out of the closet yeah. is a topic for a different That, uh, <laughs> when
0: you put it that way, yes Steve, <laughs> yes um, okay, well I'm, I'm going to um, just kind of wrap things up here then by opening up the book of Lewis and <laughs> um, I, I'm going to the great divorce here and this is one of the things about lust and and a lot of these sins honestly is that it's a perversion of of what of something that is good and something that is is noble and and right and with with lust you know it is that kind of you're overcome with desire for these things that you know what they actually can be a good thing you know um food it's a good thing but if you're constantly thinking about food like Twinkies or whatever, um, <laughs> but if you're constantly thinking about food to where it's overcome you and you're you're trying to figure out well when can I get it next, you know that's that's a perversion of something that's good. And so the this, we we've talked about um, this this passage actually a number of times on this show. So I'm not going to read the whole thing. Uh, it's too long anyway. But it's that passage in The Great Divorce where they come across a man and it's you know an allegorical kind of thing. They come across a man who has a lizard and the lizard is you know kind of on his shoulders and. Um, it's not good for the man. And he ends up, the the lizard ends up getting killed and it transforms it into a stallion into this great horse. And that's where we get this quote here from Lewis, where he says, what is a lizard compared with a stallion? Lust is a poor, weak, whimpering, whispering thing compared with that richness and energy of desire, which will arise when lust has been killed. And, uh, I get, and then the, um, the the C.S. Lewis character says, but am I to tell them at home that this is, that this man's sensuality proved less of an obstacle than that poor woman's love for her son for that was at any rate an excess of love. He said, you'll tell them no such thing. Excess of love. Did you say there was no excess? There was defect. She loved her son too little, not too much. If she had loved him more, there'd be no difficulty. Um, and it's kind of just talking about, you know, in this case, kind of going along with, with, uh, Steve, you're, your agape being the the opposite of lust, but of of lust just being, you know, that desire. It's not love. It's it's desire. It's a perversion of love, and you know, sexual lust, sexual you know, desire outside of marriage is a perversion of what God has given us. So, what's going on there? My computer fell off my lap. Sorry. Oh no. <laughs> So it's a it's a perversion of of the natural and good love that God has, so. and, and God has, has you know given to us to have for our fellow man and for our fellow woman. So, um, okay, well, I think that we've kind of covered the topic. Uh, do you have any any other thoughts or any anything you missed from your notes that we glossed over or, or went past before you had a chance to bring it up?
1: No, my notes are fully expelled.
0: Okay. Good. <laughs> They they fell off your lap with your computer. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I think I I had too many notes. (laughs) Okay. What I will say is – I'll throw this one in there – is the perfect movie example of Agape is Aslan in Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Um, Only because Yeah, he doesn't
0: count though. (laughs) He's like the movie – Allegory of Christ. I mean, he is,
2: but it's it's a fantasy story. it's all right, all right. Christ is not an actual lion, you know. So let's let's just put it as that. I'll
0: give it to you. You, you okay? All right. Yes. <laughs> he, he's the lion of Judah.
2: <laughs> yeah, but he's not an actual lion.
0: Yeah. You. Know, it reminds me of that Carmen song, where it's talking about you know in the Bible it says he'll protect us with his feathers and his wings. But that don't mean that God's a great big chicken. <laughs> he said, "Don't you see? You have missed just who Jesus Christ said that He is."
2: Nice. Um, okay, you're gonna rap it? Uh,
0: no, this was before rap. So <laughs> this was before Carmen had to put rap in every one of his radio yeah. singles. Yeah. So, all right, guys. Well, thank you very much for joining me and returning to the microphones, Doctor Jace. Yeah. Always good to have you back. And uh, okay. I, nice I, you I, we we save the good the good topics for you when you're on well, with that's, us. So. That's good. That's good. Or, or is it just that, you know, we do better when we're all three of us
1: together topics are more interesting when we're all three together.
0: Uh, sure. You, you can say that.
2: That's good. Yeah. We'll, well. go with that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, Well, we will talk with you again soon. I don't know what our next topic will be, but um, if you... I I hope it's mine. (laughs) 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 But uh, (laughs) if you have anything to add to this conversation about um, lust, maybe some examples we missed. Obviously, we were not exhaustive. We... These... Yeah, but...
2: It might have been exhausting. But
0: (laughs) But if you have uh, something to add, we would love to hear from you. And we always appreciate hearing from you. So thank you for listening and you guys want to say farewell or a variation thereof
2: fare thee well
0: and godspeed. what nothing okay hey Hey. wait nothing (laughs) and godspeed (laughs) you've been listening to the strangers and aliens podcast hosted by Ben Avery, Steve Macdonald, and Dr. Jace O'Neill. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. Please join in the conversation by visiting our website, strangersandaliens.com, where you will find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at at podcast.strangersandaliens.com or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangers. Or you can leave us a voicemail on the Strangers and Aliens hotline. Just call one 37 alien and leave your message. And once again, thanks for listening.